The Autobiography of Madame Kion by Jean Kion, Volume 2, Chapter 14. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. One night in a dream our Lord showed me that he would also purify the maid whom he had given me, make her truly enter into death to herself. I freely resolved to suffer for her as I did for Father Lacombe, as she resisted God much more than he, and was much more under the power of self-love, she had more to be purified from. What I could not tolerate in her was her regard for herself. I saw clearly that the devil can hurt us only so far as we retain some fondness for this corrupt self. This sight was from God. He gave me the discerning of spirits, which would ever accept what was from him, or reject what was not that not from any common methods of judging, not from any outward information, but by an inward principle, which is his gift alone. It is needful to mention here that souls which are yet in themselves, whatever degree of light and ardor they have attained, are unqualified for it. They often think they have this discernment when it is nothing else but sympathy or antipathy for nature. Our Lord destroyed in me every sort of nature antipathy. The soul must be very pure and depending on God alone that all these things may be experienced in Him. In proportion as this maid became inwardly purified my pain abated till the lord let me know her state was going to be changed which soon happily ensued in comparison with inward pain for souls outward persecutions though ever so violent scarce gave me any the bishop of geneva wrote to different persons he wrote in my favor to such as he thought would show me his letters, and quite the contrary in the letters which he thought I will never see. It was so ordered that these persons, having shown each other the letters received from him, were struck with indignation to see in him so shameful a duplicity. They sent me those letters that I might take proper precautions. I kept them two years, and then burned them, not to hurt the prelate. The strongest battery he raised against me was that he did with the Secretary of State, who held that post in conjunction with the marchioners of Prunay's brother, he used all imaginable endeavors to render me odious. He employed certain abbots 
for that purpose, insomuch that, though I appeared very little abroad, I was well known by the description this bishop had given of me. This did not make so much impression as it would have done if he had appeared in a better light at court. Some letters of his, which Her Royal Highness found, after the prince's death, written to him against her, had effect on the princess, that, instead of taking any notice of what he now wrote against me, she showed me great respect. She sent her request to me to come to see her. Accordingly, I waited on her. She assured me of her protection, and that she was glad of my being in her dominions. It pleased God here to make use of me to the conversion of two or three ecclesiastics, but I had much to suffer from their repugnances and many infidelities. One of them had vilified me greatly, and even after his conversion turned aside into his old ways. God at length graciously restored him. As I was undetermined whether I should place my daughter at the visitation of Turin or take some other course, I was exceedingly surprised, at a time I least expected, to see Father Lacombe arrive from Versailles. He told me that I must return to Paris without any delay. It was in the evening, and he said, set off the next morning. I confess this sudden news startled me. It was for me a double sacrifice to return to a place where they had cried me down so much, also toward a family which held me condemned and who had represented my journey caused by pure necessity as a voluntary course pursued through human attachments. Behold me then disposed to go off with my daughter and my maid without offering a single word in reply, without anybody to guide an attendance. Father Lacombe was resolved not to accompany me, not so much as passing the mountains. The Bishop of Geneva had written on all sides that I was going to Turin to run after him. But the Father Provincial, who was a man of quality and well acquainted with the virtue of Father Lacombe, told him that it was improper and unsafe to venture on these mountains without some person of acquaintance, the more as I had my little daughter with me. He, therefore, ordered him to accompany me. Father Lacombe confessed to me that he had some reluctance to do it, and only obedience, and the danger to which I should have been exposed, made him surmount it. He was only to accompany me to Grenoble, and from thence to return to Turin. I went off then, designing for Paris, 
there to suffer whatever crosses and trials it should please God to inflict. What made me go by Grenoble was the desire I had to spend two or three days with a lady who was an eminent servant of God and one of my friends. When I was there, Father Lacombe and that lady spoke to me not to go any farther. God would glorify himself in me and by me in that place. He returned to Versailles, and I left myself to be conducted as a child by providence. This lady took me to the house of a good widow, there not be accommodations at the inn. As I was ordered to stop at Grenoble, at her house I recited. I placed my daughter in a convent and resolved to employ all this time in resigning myself to be possessed in solitude by him who is the absolute sovereign of my soul. I made not any visit in this place, no more had I in any of the others where I was sojourned. I was greatly surprised when, a few days after my arrival, there came to see me several persons who made profession of a singular devotion to God. I perceived immediately a gift which He had given me of administering to each that which suited their states. I felt myself invested all of a sudden with the apostolic state. I discerned the conditions of the souls of such persons as spoke to me, and that with so much facility that they were surprised at it and said one to another, that I gave every one of them the very thing they had stood in need of. It was thou, O my God, who didst all these things, some of them sent others to me. It came to such excess that, generally from six in the morning till eight in the evening, I was taken up in speaking of the Lord. People flocked on all sides, far and near, friars, priests, men of the word, maids, wives, widows, all came one after another. The Lord supplied me with what was pertinent and satisfactory to them all, after a wonderful manner, without any share of my study or meditation therein. Nothing was hid from me of the interior state and of what passed within them. Here, O oh my God, Thou madest an infinite number of conquests known to Thyself only. They were instantly furnished with a wonderful facility of prayer. God conferred on them His grace plentifully and wrought marvelous changes in them. The most advanced of these souls found when with me in silence a grace communicated to them which they could neither comprehend nor cease to admire. The others found an unction in my words, 
and that they were operated in them what I said. Friars of different orders and priests of Mary came to see me, to whom our Lord granted very great favors, as indeed he did to all, without exception, who came in sincerity. One thing was surprising. I had not a syllable to say to such as came only to watch my words and to criticize them. Even when I thought to try to speak to them, I felt that I could not, and that God would not have me do it. Some of them in return said, The people are fools to go to see that lady. She cannot speak. Others of them treated me as if I were only a stupid simpleton. After they left me, there came one and said, I could not go hither soon enough to apprise you not to speak to those persons. They come from such and such to try what they can catch from you to your disadvantage. I answered them, Our Lord has prevented your charity, for I was not able to say one word to them. I felt that what I spoke flowed from the fountain, that I was only the instrument of him who made me speak. Amid this general applause, our Lord made me comprehend what the apostolic state was with which he had honored me, that to give oneself up to the help of souls in the purity of his spirit was to expose oneself to the most cruel persecutions. These very words were imprinted on my heart. To resign ourselves to serve our neighbor is to sacrifice ourselves to a chippet, such as now proclaim, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, will soon cry out, Away with him, crucify him. When one of my friends spoke of the general esteem the people had for me, I said to her, Observing what I now tell you, that you will hear curses out of the same mouth which at present pronounce blessings. Our Lord made me comprehend that I must be conformable to Him in all His states, and that if He had continued in a private life with His parents, He never had been crucified, that when He would resign any of His servants to crucifixion, He employed such in the ministry and service of their neighbors. It is certain that all the souls employed herein by apostolic destination from God and who are truly in the apostolic state are to suffer extremely. I speak not of those who put themselves into it, who, not being called of God in a singular manner and having nothing of the grace of the apostleship, have none of its crosses, but of those only who surrender themselves to God without any reserve and who are willing with their whole hearts to be exposed for His sake to sufferings without any mitigation. 
End of chapter 14 Athens, Greece, April 2009